Hello, welcome to another episode of African Market Explained. This is Tomiwa, your host. This week, we will continue discussing media's effect on growth of tech in Africa with David Afalayan, the content chief at TechNext, one of the top media houses based in Nigeria. In this session, we will dive into the maturity of tech journalism on the continent, highlighting the improving quality of talent, the fierce competition with traditional institution, and the attraction of international media houses like TechCrunch and QW. Let's jump right into it. Hi, David. From your experience, what do you think has been done right and what do you think needs improvement in terms of tech journalism in Africa? Um, so the areas where we've experienced significant growth is one in the areas of quality, um, quality of the stories. If you go back to every all, almost all of the major tech media platforms in Africa, and you look at the quality of the stories and the quality of the videos, the quality of the designs for graphic illustrations that we had done five years ago, when you compare with now, you realize that there is a tremendous growth. Yeah, it might not be perfect. There might still be challenges around some sort of um, um, quality or some sort of standards, but the quality has improved. And that is a very tremendous um, uh, pathway for us. The second is the quality of talent, right? Um, there was no, we didn't have a ready pool of tech media journalists when tech media journalism started. A couple of people who became notable journalists in the tech media space in Africa we are ordinary people who were very good with writing. Some did not even some did not even study the arts or journalism in school. They just had a flair for writing and they were interested in telling stories and they joined the space. But having done that for a period of five years, we've been able to churn out some fantastic talents who have gone on to become reporters in international platforms like TechCrunch, uh, QZ, um, Semaphore, rest of the world and all. These were just ordinary Africans who, who started out by writing and, and they've now become authority in that space. So that, that, is, that is one great achievement for us. The other part is, 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 is the creation of structures, right? For many of the tech media platforms, we started out like out as blogs, as freelancers, um, but along the way, many of those blogs and freelancers have been able to create media institutions out of their personal experiences. So um, it is now very difficult to just push them aside as just a platform that tells a story. They've become structured media houses, organizing events, bringing together thousands of people, having engaging conversations with policymakers, international representatives, and country and industry heads across Africa. So um, you've been able to build an institution from nothing, and that is the Africa way, right? Um, before now, if you want to talk about media, um, it would be difficult for you to mention a platform like TechPoint, TechNext, TechCabal. Yeah, but now you call them media platforms and they can sit on the same seat with platforms like traditional platforms like Business Day, like Punch, because they have a structured editorial team. They have a consistent uh, content flow 
And, there, and in some cases, like the case of Ted Cabal, they've been able to raise funds um, that has helped them become stronger platforms. So we've been able to grow our talent, our base, our processes, and we'll be able to build structures. That is the positive side. Um, I, I really don't want to talk about the output because the output is we've been able to tell the story in a language that everyone can understand. So before now, uh, tech narrative is just like speaking in codes. So if you go to the street and you ask an average person, what do you understand by uh, fintech or by blockchain? Or what, what do they know? What, how, how would you describe uh, state of work or uh, the gig economy? These are very big words that a lot of people do not understand. But with time, with the advent of media platforms, African media platforms that understand the way African consume, Africans consume content, we've been able to demystify some of these narratives. So, and and the the um, the implication of that demystification is that a lot of people now participate in the gig economy because they understand what it is. Now we have a lot of Africans who are who are software engineers because they see it as a path to be wealthy. We've seen a lot of ordinary Nigerians, Africans that are participating in the gig economy either, either as drivers on, on platforms like Uber, as um, uh, owning stores on e-commerce platforms and all, because it's easily uh, explained to the ordinary person why owning a store and augmenting your visibility by listing on platforms like Gigi and Jumia will give you more sales. People have seen it as a better way to do business than just having um, a physical store in a market in Lagos. So that is a real life implication of what African tech media has done. And day in, day out, we see people searching for keywords on, on Google and other platforms to understand some of these um, some of these technologies that the tech space throws at them. And because we've been able to explain it in a language that you can understand, they position themselves to benefit from it. In some instances, you've seen people pushing their children to learn tech because they see tech as, as the future. So, I mean, those are the beautiful things that, that tech has been able to do. Then um, the speed of reporting, the speed of reporting. Growing up, um, if something happens in the evening, you always wait till the next morning before you, you get a story. And even when these traditional platforms metamorphosed into, uh, into um, online platforms, so you have, let me give an example. You have a newspaper like Vanguard. Vanguard has a presence on Twitter. Vanguard has a website. Um, some of them were still, at, at the exception, many of these platforms were still operating with the traditional thinking of, oh, write this story. We have a story. You go to the newsroom. We have a meeting. We write the story. Then early in the morning, by 6 a.m., the fresh story will come out and people will start reading about it. But with the advent of media platforms, tech media platforms like TechNext, we do not need to roll out newspaper publication. So as soon as we get the story, we attend the same event with a journalist from Vanguard. While the journalist is still on his way back to the office to report the story, we've already published the story. So we created a sort of competition where traditional platforms realize that the speed of breaking stories 
needs to be faster. And now we are competing on that same space. So for many of them, the stories have been published even hours ahead of uh, their newspaper publications. And that's because they realize that the speed of writing stories need to be faster. And I can say that the tech media platforms um, really brought in this, this part of the game to the point where it is. I think um, that's so, healthy competition. <laughs> that, that, that's it. So um, if you look at the history of tech media reporting in, in, in Nigeria, it started out, um, I mean, when you look at the history of tech generally in, in a country like Nigeria, it started out with the advent of democracy in 1999, um, and you had a more stable business environment, and that led to uh, the introduction of technology after the Y2K experience into traditional institutions like banking, yeah, but along the way, government started implementing policies that encouraged the growth of the telecom ecosystem. And that led to like a boom. Um, there was a need for many tech companies to support these booming ecosystems. Um, you had a lot of companies supporting banks, a lot of companies supporting telco players and all of that. But around 2010, we saw the advent of an institution like CCO and CCO helped with the incubation of many new generation tech platforms. Um, and with the advent of that generation, we also had a platform like Tech Cabal coming in 2013. But along the way, I mean, Tech Cabal was reporting the, the activities of these founders. But along the way, there was a need for us to do more reporting. Then there came platforms like Tech Point in 2015, Tech Next 2017, Benjamin Dada 2018, and, and all of that. And with the advent of new players, there was a challenge. Tech Point started doing events. TechNet started focusing on blockchain reporting and blockchain events and all of that. What, what became of that is we had a, a more robust ecosystem in terms of media reporting. And it, it got to a point of maturity when traditional players like Business Day Point started creating uh, online teams to simply syndicate their news on the online platforms and compete with platforms like Technex on the online space. Then you had international media companies like TechCrunch, QZ. They started hiring reporters from Africa specifically to focus on the African ecosystem and compete with platforms like Technex and TechCabal. So that is a point where we are now. It shows that whatever it is that we started doing in 2010 had an impact. And that impact is calling on other players to play in this space. And I must tell you that that is a good positive because if it is not growing, other people wouldn't have joined in the race. Um, do, do we have challenges? The answer is yes. Um, some of the challenges that we've had is uh, sometimes accuracy of reportage. And this had, um, this, I mean, there are a lot of examples in this space. But all, the, the other challenge that we have also had is um, when our pattern of reporting started moving on from what it used to be. Before now, the focus of tech media in Africa had been on raise, announcement of raises, features of startup founders. Some, some, for some years, it was even about office spaces, going to people's offices, take pictures. And the, the positive sides, the vibes, the beautiful side of the story. 
then the trajectory now move on to deep analysis of business processes, of the lives of founders, of their failures, and in some instances, scandals and, and bad practices. So there was that natural tension between founders and media platform. And it seems like for each of these stories that platforms write, there is a bad blood about why do you have to report this? And um, that blood, bad blood still exists up to a point, but it is an eventuality because we can't keep reporting the positives for life. There is a need for us to also balance the narrative. And some founders have been unable to come up with terms and come up to in terms with that reality because um, they feel that when we write what is good, we're supporting the ecosystem, but when we write what is not so good, there has to be some form of bias in that process. But um, there is going forward the how there are two ways we could resolve that. The first is for um, innovators in the space to realize that this is a reality. And the best way to deal with that reality is to hire professionals in their team that will be able to help them with their PR process so that they will have a better relationship with journalists and be able to own the narrative, even in the instances when they have bad press mentions. And the second part is for us as media platforms to really narrow down a little bit more on accuracy on convergence, when we have a story, speak with the founders, get their own side of the story, and ensure that there is a balance in the reportage. And I feel that if these two things are well done, everything will balance out by the end of the day. Yeah, thinking about that, I was like, you know, not thinking about the clicks, but about the story itself. Uh, because if you write a story for the clicks, <laughs> then sometimes you, you may paint pictures that are not actually true, you know, in that Exactly, story. exactly. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I trust you found the session as enjoyable as I did. Here are my top three takeaways from the conversation. Number one, the quality of media talent has improved significantly in Africa, attracting global media institutions like TechCrunch. Number two, building a structured media house to rival traditional news media platforms. And number three, the demystification of the tech sector to the mass audience, allowing people to participate in the tech market like the gig economy. Next week, we will conclude the series on the effects of media on tech in Africa by taking a future perspective. We will be focusing the best case evolution of tech journalism on the continent in the next five years. Don't miss it. Click the subscribe button now. You can also learn more about our speaker on LinkedIn at David Afolayo and follow the tech, check the TechNext website at technest24.com This program has been sponsored by Bantaba, Africa's biggest startup diaspora community. For more, go to www.bantaba.com or at our Bantaba on social media.